0: Credit scores are important to financial health. Do you know yours and how it's calculated? A poor credit score can make it hard to get a loan,
1: a credit card, or even a job. We can help answer questions and possibly save you money. Hi, I'm Diane Freeby of Notre Dame Federal Credit Union, inviting you to schedule a free financial checkup today at NotreDameFCU.com slash elevate. You already share our values. Why not share in our benefits? Notre Dame FCU. From South Bend, Indiana in the shadows of the Golden Dome, Spoke Street Media and Redeemer Radio Sports bring you Notre Dame Federal Credit Union's Irish Sports Saturdays. You already share their values, why not share in their benefits? Notre Dame Federal Credit Union. It's time to get you caught up on all things Irish.
0: Here's John Brock and Angelo DiCarlo. When Marcus Freeman was hired as the head coach at Notre Dame, Irish fans' dreams of nights like last Saturday, a dominating performance over an undefeated Clemson team in front of a wild crowd that rushed the field in celebration to say this is who we want to be each and every week. The dream became a reality last week, and there is a buzz around Notre Dame Nation like there was from the early days of Marcus Freeman's hire again. That feeling that this is the program that is headed in the right direction And will do special things in the future. Of course, those good feelings can all end in a heartbeat today if the Irish were to stumble at pesky Navy. And if you think it can't or won't happen, we will remind you, Marshall Stanford. And we will also remind you, Navy, 2007, 2009, 2010, 2016. Welcome to Notre Dame Federal Credit Union's Irish Sports Saturdays, Notre Dame FCU, where you bank does matter. I'm Angel DiCarlo. So glad to be with you this morning on Redeemer Radio and Iowa Catholic Radio. Joined by John Brock, as always. And John, two weeks ago, Marcus Freeman said we'd all learn a lot about Notre Dame after its next two games. So what have we learned about this team and this program after they go on the road to defeat Syracuse? And then certainly the big victory at home last week over then number four Clemson.
2: Yeah, I think we learned that that preparation and that potential that they had uh, to be a good team. They were a preseason top five, and I think we saw that ability that got them that early ranking. They hadn't quite gotten there that much this season. We saw a lot of stumbling, but I think we finally saw that potential that they have to build on. And with that offense and defensive line performance they had last week, uh, it's going to be hard to stop them if they can continue doing that. But uh, we also learned that they, they can prepare and execute because that's been something we've talked about. A bunch of times this season, Marcus Freeman's talked about it. We've talked about it on here, and we saw that they they could do that two weeks in a row against really good teams. Now this week, the question is, can they do it for a third week against a bad team?
0: Yeah, That's the thing, right? It's, it's, it's the age-old question. Can they make sure that they don't play down to their opponent, which is something that has to be talked about. Uh, because that's what they've done. Their yeah. best performances have been against the best teams and their worst performances have been against the worst teams. And that's maybe the next step for Marcus Freeman as the head coach at Notre Dame to get this program where they are doing what Brian Kelly did in terms of winning the games they need to win, but then also taking it one step further and winning the games that maybe people think you're not going to.
2: Well, and I think that's something that, that hasn't been quite as much of a conversation as one of the hardest things. For, for a new head coach is that motivation factor, that keeping them in the mental space against a team like Stanford or Marshall or Navy. I mean, that's why this kind of game looks scary, but he seems to be improving. And we'll, we've will we got some grades I think we're going to get to later, yep. but there's a lot of improvement going on coaching, position-wise, team-wise, but is it enough of a mental improvement this week to, to not overlook Navy?
0: All right, on tap on this morning's show, we will give our grades position by position. That should be interesting, considering our grades after four games were horrible. And we'll see what's improved and what hasn't. And we also got a little testy at each other the last time. John, I think, <laughs> and I quote says, you're not always right on. So we'll we'll see if we get we'll see, at each we'll other's see. throats again today. We will, of course, break down the matchup with Navy and, face, and facing the triple option, how that affects not just the defense, but also the offense with limited possessions you will get. We'll talk about how the Irish avoid the letdown today. Can you imagine, again, the anger in the Notre Dame Nation if ND dropped the ball today at noon? Like, I just couldn't even imagine. But let's start with the overall state of the program as it stands today. Coming off the win over Clemson, John, you were in the stands for the game. I was down on the field, obviously, and uh, for the last five minutes and certainly saw the rush of the, the field, uh, you know, this Notre Dame team got this program and got its fan base believing big things are now on the horizon here in the future because that, that was a fan base that just exploded in jubilation.
2: Yeah, the team definitely won the fan base back at home uh, by beating Clemson because, I mean, it's like we, we talked about. They showed the dominant performance that people, when they see a new hire at head coach, they think a new era. They're thinking ahead to Notre Dame can get back to what they were before. They can be back to a a blue blood program again, being dominant against teams, top ranked teams like Clemson, who have won a lot of national championships the last uh, decade. And I think that's what happened. This game reminded people that there's still potential just because you lose to a Stanford and a Marshall in the first year and there's a hiccup here and there there's potential the next couple years and even to finish out this season with a a really good performance.
0: Yeah, you know, you would love to have Michael Mayer next year. You will not (laughs) have him. Uh, Obviously, he set more records in this game and uh, just absolutely fantastic. Benjamin Morrison, you will have for maybe only two more years, the way he's playing as a freshman. Fantastic cornerback, two interceptions in the pick six. Here's Marcus Freeman, Benjamin Morrison, and Michael Mayer on how big of a win this was. Also, this is from post game, so I want you to pay attention to the background noise. You will hear the crowd coming up the tunnel after they rush the field. Pretty crazy environment.
1: This is a special one, and, uh, you know, not every day do you get the opportunity to play in this place, um, jam-packed with those fans and um, have an opportunity to be the top five team in the country. Uh, it's really special, and... and I'm so proud of our guys and uh, the way they continue to trust us coaches. Um, they they do exactly what you ask them to do. That's what makes them so special is that they're willing to do whatever you tell them to do to help us have success. And uh, it's an honor to coach them. Um, it's special, man. You can hear those fans, man, the students. And I really didn't want to leave that field. I mean, you know, to spend some time with those students and... Uh, Man, this is a game that I'll never forget. It
2: means everything just because, like, I prayed for moments like this, dreamed moments like this.
0: Um, so for it to actually come into um, full circle, it's just its a cool feeling, um, awesome feeling, grateful, um, blessed. Michael, what was it just like coming over here through these fans and just hearing the ovation as Coach Freeman goes over? You couldn't even hear it. Awesome, awesome. Well overdue, right?
1: Well overdue. Um, <clears throat> our fans were awesome tonight, Fantastic. I was walking over, and I saw them all kind of huddling out there. I kind of pumped them up in the tunnel a little bit. They were going crazy. Um, our fans deserve this. They deserve this win. Um, you know, <laughs> it's been a little bit of an up-and-down season, um, to say the least. And, you know, we, we've we been working hard.
0: We've kept our head down. We've done what we need to do. And, uh, you know, I'm happy the outcome was well, was what it was today. I mean, again, you hear the fans in the background. I've been covering this team 16 years now. I've never had that. Never heard fans during the press conference because they had no choice but to let him out through the tunnel. And it was an incredible scene, unlike any other I've seen in the 16 years at Notre Dame. Um, And uh, you could feel the passion and the emotion in, in Marcus Freeman, Benjamin Morrison and Michael Mayer there.
2: Yeah. And how could you not in, in that situation? You do have Thousands of fans walking right by, and and I know I saw a video of Marcus Freeman pumping them up as well, like Michael Mayer said. But, I mean, it's something that hasn't been seen at Notre Dame in a while. I mean, you had the the last Clemson game, but that was during COVID. So, it, it, I think, was that final jubilation moment that a lot of those Notre Dame fans who couldn't be there in 2020 got. And then, I think, you know, like Michael Mayer said, it was well-deserved. But the question is, uh, the team can't be thinking it was deserved.
0: You're one of the rare people that got to be there for both of those. uh, The Clemson game two years ago and the Clemson game this time. How did the environments compare? Obviously, there was only 10,000 the first time, and it was a great environment despite that. But how did it compare?
2: It it was... Definitely a completely different uh, situation. I mean, you could hear, even if you, you watch the game on NBC, you can hear the crowd noise in the background because it was just so loud. After Benjamin Morrison's touchdown, the cameras are shaking on TV because it got so loud. You can't do that with 10,000 people. <laughs> uh, of course, uh, there was probably about 8,000 Clemson fans there. They were gone sure. by the fourth quarter. But, but they actually but did they, not have- They were not uh, uh, as effective, but it, it was... Uh, definitely a different situation. Both had their advantages. I mean, it was not quite as loud with ten thousand, but uh, a lo- It was a loud, rowdy environment of fans who wanted to see a win on on this past Saturday, and I think that was really a difference too.
0: And it showed if you give the fans a reason to cheer, they will cheer that for you. True. And that's kind of what Michael Mayer hinted at there, right? It, it was about time we gave them something to cheer for, uh, which they hadn't done all year, and and they got that, and and that was the thing. It was. People sometimes say stuff about this fan base and say they don't get up. It's like, well, when you play like garbage (laughs) from the first play of the game, it's hard. And they didn't. They played great from the first play of the game. And that got everyone going. Um, All right. Our poll question. Big surprise. Same one we've had every week. How many wins does Notre Dame end up with? Well, this has changed the tune a little bit. I just want a little perspective. After the uh, Marshall game, 80% said eight wins or less. After the UNLV game, 78% said seven or less. After the Clemson game, 56% say nine wins. 56% say they're winning out, which to me is incredible. I thought eight wins would still win be the runaway at 40 wins. But how about this? Down to 4% say seven wins or less, which I mean. You, you, there's no way they should lose to Navy and Boston College. So eight, it really should be down to eight or nine, but uh, that's how much they've rallied the troops here, that they got it up to
2: 56% actually think they're going to win out here. Well, it, it is, they should win against uh, Navy and Boston College, but yes, the the thing is, it's crazy to me because you see UNLV and and people still don't have any confidence after the win, which it goes back to what we were just saying. When you give the fan base a, a reason to, to think you're going to be good and a reason to cheer, you beat Syracuse ranked opponent, you beat Clemson ranked opponent. I mean, that is definitely a shift in not only it's the mindset of the program and everyone around it.
0: All right. Uh, Andrew wrote that he thinks it'll be eight wins. Navy and Boston College should be fairly easy. Not confident about USC, but then again, I wasn't confident about Clemson so they could surprise me playing it safe with eight and four prediction. Nick Duranic, I want to be optimistic for nine, but I think they could pull off eight, taking an eight and three record LA with a chance at a top 15 matchup with USC. It's been a few years since we've done, we've had one of those. It's a very good point. Mike wrote eight wins could beat USC, just not confident. The Irish defense is the best USC will see for sure. So to close out the season, it'll be today at Navy noon kickoff Eastern time, then home against Boston college is who is brutal. uh, Phil Jakovic, former Notre Dame quarterback is there, but Has no offensive line. He's been banged up and injured. Um, So unless he's putting on a Superman cape next week, uh, (laughs) there's no way they should lose that. But they've lost the games at home against Boston College in years where that should never happen. We all remember that. Well, John doesn't. He wasn't (laughs) born. But that was besides the point. Um, (laughs) And then USC Thanksgiving weekend, which now you have to say. They have a chance to win the game. I mean, there's no reason to think they
2: can't. Uh, they, they absolutely have a chance to win the game, and I was watching USC played last night, and, uh, you know, they they won by a lot, but it wasn't that dominant of a performance, and that's, I think, why you see a lot of these. Notre Dame could beat USC. Notre Dame can beat, because we beat Clemson last week. How How can you not look at USC, who's kind of, you know, they have their ups and downs. They lost their starting running back in the game as well, so... It could be uh, definitely a, a very winnable uh, game for Notre Dame.
0: Notre Dame now up to number 20 in the college football playoff rankings. They are 2-1 and one versus the current top 15 with wins over number 10 Clemson and number 15 UNC and the loss, of course, to number 2 Ohio State. You know. Okay, so Georgia's 1, Ohio State's 2, Michigan's 3, TCU's 4. Excuse me. Tennessee is 5, Oregon is 6. John, I have to ask this question. Where would Notre Dame be if they beat Marshall and
2: Stanford? <laughs> well, you look at it, that's a one loss Notre Dame team with a, a single loss to Ohio State. I mean, they're sitting right there next to Tennessee. It's the same ex- Tennessee has got a really similar resume. They lost to that Georgia team. That top they have a good win. Notre Dame has that Clemson win. They're they're identical to Tennessee in that situation. Yeah, they're so sitting they're right there at five or six.
0: Five or six. Probably six because they probably yes, give the SEC the exactly, advantage there, yes. but Six would be not a bad position. Okay, let me ask you a very strange question. Your choice. You're you're seven and two right now, and you took care of business. We'll go Brian Kelly style. You beat Marshall and you beat Stanford, but you lose to Clemson and Ohio State. Would you Would you take seven and two over six and three right now in exchange for that, or would you take the way this season has played out?
2: Well, what I'll say is I think the first situation with the wins over Marshall and Stanford. Is what people expected going into the season. I think you look at the schedule before the season. A lot of people said ten and two, and I think they expected a loss to Clemson, Ohio State, maybe a win at USC or flip that. Maybe you get yeah. Clemson, but that's what was expected. And I will say I would prefer a six and three with a win over Clemson because, like we've talked about, it gives the fan base something to cheer about and potential for the future. People will get people would get down on the season. If you lose the big games and you still win the small ones. Because that's what's happened. I think this is...
0: Uh, that what's the
2: difference between
0: 10-2 and two and 9-3, and three, right? Yeah. It's like now if we're talking 11-1 and one or certainly obviously 12-0. and 0, yeah. Then certainly that's a different story, right? Because you have playoff implications that are on the line. They aren't playoff implications once you get to the two loss columns. So you might as well take the win that can move you forward. In terms
2: of the Clemson win. I agree with you, I think. And... And that's really what it is, is I think if you watch Notre Dame football for the entire Brian Kelly era, and you go back before that, they were even worse, but that era, you get to the big stage, you get to the college football playoff, and you can't finish the job, you can't beat the Clemson, the Alabama, the, the, the teams that are at that higher echelon, and you see Notre Dame, even if they lost a couple of hiccups earlier in the season, and they beat, dominantly beat Clemson, uh, top five ranked team, that's what the fan base wants to see under Marcus Freeman. And so I think anyone would be happy to see that over uh, you know, a a good season where we lose the big games. Real quick, if
0: uh they just beat Stanford. So they they start 0-2, they do lose that game to Marshall and they rattle off seven wins in a row. Where do you think they are right now?
2: I think the uh, the crazy thing is I don't think that they're too far from where they're at. I think they're probably A a low top 15 team Right I I think Yeah 14 or 15 And I think You know People are a little bit I think it's a really Just a similar I don't think Well you're even higher Because you feel like They got everything fixed Exactly Because the
0: Sanford loss Still gives you pause Right Yes And and now You would think Okay They they know what they're doing So I think it would be Even higher in jubilation But maybe Oh yeah yeah, yeah. Maybe the ranking Would be about
2: the same Exactly Yes
0: All right. So we say Which side Would you want more you know everyone's saying let's go with the Clemson win and here's another reason why they got zillions of recruits on hand for that Clemson game they got to rush the field Uh, what's that impact here's Marcus Freeman
1: I mean it was electric you know you couldn't ask for a uh, (laughs) a better environment a better ending the crowd rushing the field um, for those recruits that were here you know and I remind our staff, recruiting so important, right? The relationships we develop, um, the ability to sell this university in our football program. The most important thing was what happened on Saturday is the ability to win. Um, and those kids that were here to see themselves as a part of that. That's your future is what we tell them. You're going to be a part of this. And, and this is just the start of something special. And uh, when you come here this can be what you expect to play in these big type of games. And listen, they're not going to rush the field every game, but um, to play in those type of games, that's why you come to Notre Dame.
0: And that's really the biggest reason why the Clemson win is so much bigger than the Marshall and Stanford wins. For this season, we are two years down the road. That you got a different viewpoint yeah. on this, right? But year one of a head coach, this, Stanford, this Clemson win matters so much more because now you show those kids, look at what – can happen
2: and that's the thing is you you have a recruit a, a Marshall game or a, a Stanford game you know you lose that one it's definitely bad but you win that one it's not that important but you get a lot of recruits out there and you beat a top-ranked Clemson I mean that's where you sell the university and they better
0: now you better hope uh, Clemson doesn't bottom out
2: here for <laughs> whatever reason and you do have to hope that but he can't be so sure of it but uh, I think that's where Marcus Freeman, again, he had the recruiting edge over the summer, and I think kind of that perspective he just said is why he, he gets that advantage.
0: All right, Irish Sports Saturdays. Thanks, Notre Dame Federal Credit Union for underwriting this show. As the largest category-oriented credit union in America, Notre Dame FCU serves the church in many dioceses for 80-plus years. They've put people over profits. com slash elevate. You're show their values. Why not share in their benefits? Notre Dame Federal Credit Union. Okay, so all this good feeling. Washes away real fast if Notre Dame blows it today against Navy. Notre Dame has clearly played well against the best teams on their schedule and poorly against the worst teams on their schedule. Here's Drew Pine, Audrick Estime, and Marcus Freeman on avoiding a letdown today.
1: What I always say, and something that Conor McGregor says, is if you sleep on a win, you wake up with a loss. Uh, You know that's what our whole entire thing of coming in yesterday and or sorry, coming in Sunday and practicing and flushing the game, learning Mm -hmm. from it. And you know something that Coach Freeman has instilled in the whole team, and Coach Reese as well is, you know, we can't let winning mask uh, the true outcome of plays of the game. So you got to learn and get better no matter what the outcome was of the game. And um, you know we all understand that that was a great game, but we got to move on and we're on to Navy. Yeah, I feel like the lesson we really learned is just don't take winning for granted because like all the older guys like. They're, they've been we, Notre Dame just a winning program, so everyone's just used to winning. And then when you don't get that win, it just feels very bad. And so, just don't take it for granted. You just gotta come in every week, or give a hundred and twenty percent, just so you can get that win and get get that outcome, because it does because it doesn't come easy. There's still gonna be that that you know perception of hey, you play to your opponent, and so there's a belief that we play to a standard. We have to do it. I can say that all the time. Until we do that. Um, there's not going to be conviction in it, and uh, we have to play to our standard. And, you know, it's going to be a challenge to our team to, as I said, I think post-game is that we have to continue to remember those lessons you learn after losing because there's so many more. There's so many more, and that's my job as the head coach. I told him yesterday after practice, I know you guys walk around like, man, Coach, we just won. We beat Clemson, and you're yelling and screaming, and, yeah, because – we want to do as a coaching staff whatever it takes to make sure our players experience that feeling every
0: Saturday. We're okay, getting Conor McGregor quotes in here. Uh, it was uh, Drew Pine, Audrick Estame, and Marcus Freeman. Look, the one benefit maybe today is the fact that they did lose to Marshall and Stanford. And hopefully, like, like they said, they've learned their lesson and they figured this out but this is the next step as we talked about at the beginning of the show because if they were to lose today then all the goodwill is gone because now you just don't trust what this program is capable of achieving because if they cannot if they constantly are losing games they shouldn't then you start you've just lost all faith in what they can actually do
2: it's almost the consistency of inconsistency that's yeah. the problem with this team and and when you just look at the schedule i mean you you see that you see almost a pattern of of inconsistency because you know they they start out two losses they lose to to Marshall they get a win against an okay Cal team and uh, then a good North Carolina team is now ranked a then ranked BYU team then they drop it to Stanford and then a UNLV team that was iffy Not and then good. two yet again ranked opponents right in a row and then now we face uh, Navy team that's looking a lot like Stanford for Notre Dame fans right now. Yeah,
0: Navy is only three and six on the season, but we will talk about them coming up in the last segment in the game day sprint in terms of the fact that they've kept a lot of games close. Yeah, so that's something to keep in mind that could get one of those uncomfortable feelings today. This might not be a blow. I mean, they may blow the roof out and win 42 to 7, but it may not be. Um, And if it's not, that's okay as long as you win. And that's the bottom line. All right, coming up We'll go more in depth with this matchup with Navy and how difficult the triple option makes it up next. We go through our grades position by position through nine games. Should be interesting with the 6-3 and three record. Nernate Federal Credit Union's Irish Sports Saturdays is back right after this on Redeemer Radio and Iowa Catholic Radio. Support for Irish Sports Saturdays comes from Tyrac. Tyrac also underwrites our internship program with students from our two Michigan Catholic high schools, St. Joseph and Marion. And the students receive practical college-level internship experience and class credit as they help out with our broadcasts of high school football and basketball. More tires, great prices, Tyrac.com. Angel DiCarlo, John Brock, back with you here on Notre Dame Federal Credit Union's Irish Sports Saturdays as we count you down to Notre Dame and Navy, a noon Eastern kickoff on ABC Today. And we're going to go through our grades, position by position, at this time. And this should be interesting. We did this after four games, and obviously the Irish were two and two, had lost Ohio State and Marshall, barely beat um, Cal, and then they beat North Carolina, who we probably we th- we gave credit. We thought they were good, but after the way Notre Dame played against them, we're like, yeah, they're not that good. And it turns out they're, they're really good. <laughs> they're, they're pretty good. They're a top fifteen team. So uh, that's the only loss. So uh, our grades were not pretty, and in some ways, I'm not sure they're going to be pretty here either, John. Uh, depending on the on what we're talking about, but uh, let's go through them. All right, let's start with the offensive line, which might be the biggest change of any group. Uh, through four games, you had a C minus. I had a C. I'm going to
2: give them a B at this point. What say you? I'm going to give them a B plus. Wow. I think they've had a real swing this season. I I think. They started out really tough, and you see the losses at the beginning of the season. That was a lot of offensive line struggle. And, I mean, if you watch them against Syracuse and against Clemson, two great defenses, they push that line of scrimmage. I mean, yes, the running backs were doing a great job, but you see the running back get tackled, and you're like, oh, he maybe got a yard or two. No, he got four yards because the offensive linemen are getting downfield. I mean, it's they've— Really kicked it into gear. Do you, you want to see what I season. wrote down
0: on my sheet? You want to tell everybody what I wrote? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, no, that's why they. Have they this. can't see it.
2: You want to just? Read it's a, it? it's a Marshall and Stanford. Yeah, game yeah. yeah. This Marshall street.
0: Stanford. I, yeah. That still counts. Um, and it the, does. And the offensive line was not good against either of them. I you mentioned the beginning of the year, but they weren't good against Stanford either. That is true. And and that's the only reason I'll I'll just keep them at B instead of B plus because we have to evaluate the whole season. That's I will true. absolutely agree with everything else you said about. How much I'm, better they play? And if we go the last two weeks, they're like uh, 103%. i am over
2: here tallying the points, adjusting the grades like all yeah, my yeah. professors do. <laughs> and, uh, you know, they've had an A the last couple of weeks. That pulls up the the C And yeah. I think it puts them at a B plus. All what right. I said. Very
0: good. Running backs uh, through four games. You had an A minus. I only had them at a B. And I think you were probably right here. And you evaluated them correctly.
2: I'll put them at an A minus at this point. I think what I said was the the bad offensive line at the beginning of the year can't be discounting the running backs, and I think we saw that. Yeah, when you get the offensive line going, you can't stop these running backs, and it's a three headed monster. You got Estime and Diggs who just kill it on the ground, and then Tyree who can add in on the ground and a little bubble pass and and passing routes. And they, I mean, they've accounted for you know the last two weeks uh, over sixty eight percent of the offense each week, and and it's it's incredible what they they do for the offense so what are you going with i'm going with an a plus
0: a plus yes. wow all right John is a very happy man with this
2: offense i'm I tell you, i'm happy with what the o line has done the last few weeks and I'm happy with what the running backs all right. did this one's going to be
0: interesting the quarterback through
2: four games John had a C i had a C minus
0: through nine games what say John
2: well you're saying i'm uh i'm happy about these this one I'm not happy about I actually, uh, this, I believe, I haven't looked through. This is the only one I think I decreased.
0: Oh, wow. You went lower? I
2: went lower. I, because I'll tell you, I mean, Drew Pine played. You can give us the grade and then explain. Yeah. Well, it's a C minus. C minus, okay. I went a
0: little lower, which is what I, I stayed at C minus. Yeah. I think they're just. And,
2: and I, I think I agree that, that, yeah, it's a C minus because Drew Pine, he played well against North Carolina uh, and he, he, Played BYU. well the first few, exactly. He played well the first few games, but he seemed to have gotten worse. He's, his accuracy is not there. He has plenty of time in the pocket. You see it in a few games, times against played Clemson. Played well last week,
0: I feel, in Clemson, minus the
2: passing yard. Minus passing in general.
0: But, but the wind was a factor in that regard, and they were running the ball so much that you didn't need to, and when he had to make plays, he did. I yeah. will give him credit. He, he, his, his he was running the game player improved. of the week, by the
2: way, uh, player of the game. That I would have to take <laughs> issue with when, uh, I mean, uh, there was people on the field after the game was saying, "Audric Estime, because they'd heard it a million yeah. times that day, but uh, uh, that's beside the point. I, know, I, know, I, know. I, I don't know. He's. I just don't think he's got any improvement at all. Yeah, uh, I I can't – I mean, I have the same grade
0: as you, so uh, I'm not arguing with that one. Wide receivers. Through four games, John had a D. I had an F. I'm keeping them at an F, John. They stink. They're terrible. What do they do? Yeah, I – Other than drop the ball. By the way, by the way, let's go back to the quarterback. You know, we see the running backs are as good as – you shouldn't downgrade them because of the offensive line. I mean – Maybe Drew Pine wouldn't be that bad if he had someone that could catch the ball. That's not named Michael Mayer, that plays wide receiver. Like, what happened to Lorenzo style? Yeah. Like, <laughs> where is Brayden Lindsey? Or, I'm sorry, actually throw the ball to Brayden Lindsey and keep the ball within like seven yards of him. Yeah. Uh,
2: but that well, that's you just justified the quarterback thinking again. Well, that's but, true. But additionally, yes, it's it's not just F- the quarterback. It's also the wide receivers, and they make. They make you want to give them a better grade so much because why? You because uh, you see a, a glimmer where they where do you, could what glimmer be do you see? Thomas, Colsey. They they're there and they have the potential. Colsey just had not, two catches
0: against, Syrac- catches against Syracuse, three catches against else. Syracuse, nothing else. Yeah,
2: he has had nothing. But they. That's, I'm saying they're not there. I'm agreeing with you, Angelo. I'm agreeing with you. They're not there, but they show Herb. this moment, that good catch here or there. Thomas has stepped up his game. He has actually stepped up his game and has catches and multiple catches in a lot of the games this second half of the season. But he's not, in terms of passing or receiving yardage and actually making an effect on every game, he's not there. And that's why I agree their grade doesn't improve.
0: So you're keeping – I'm keeping it at a D. Uh, That's way too good of a grade. All right, uh, uh, Irish Sports Saturday is partially underwritten by Indiana Physical Therapy, serving Indiana's physical therapy needs since 1988. With 21 locations, Indiana Physical Therapy continues as an independent therapist-owned company with a heart-towards-patient-focused care. Indiana Physical Therapy, where people go to get better. All right, let's let's uh, let's go to tight ends. I'm sorry, I f- thought we were through the offense there. We forgot about this guy named Michael Mayer and company. How'd you um, forget that?
2: Yeah, I <laughs> mean... <laughs>
0: Uh, because it was this should be an easy conversation through four games John had an A I had an A the only reason I didn't have an A plus is I felt like they didn't have any depth I don't care if they have no depth and they do Mitchell Evans is back and he gives them a little bit of something extra
2: A plus I can't disagree because I I gave them an A as well and they have improved and you gotta give credit to that so A plus I mean Evans well, he's got four. I looked at it. He's got four rushes for seven yards. Doesn't wow any. Anyway. And no catches yet. And no catches. But I went back and watched. He's got some fantastic blocks oh, for yeah. Estime and for Diggs last week. And on top of that, they put him under center, and he gets those yards with they need Mitchell
0: it. Palooza today may get a touchdown pass. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. Uh, he's, he's, Michael Mayer on the need. season, 51 catches, 624 yards, seven touchdown passes. By the way, Styles is next at 24 catches. Yeah. I mean, Tyree's got 17, Lindsey's got 14, Thomas has got 13. I I don't want to talk about the receivers anymore. (laughs) Um, A-plus, A-plus on the tight ends. Receivers, F. Uh, Let's switch to the defense, which I said this through four games. I have no clue how to evaluate the defense. I feel like it just feels really hard to evaluate them this year, and I'm still with that. Start with the defensive line. You were very hard on them. You had a C-plus through four games. I had a B-plus. I'm keeping them at a B-plus, but I feel like they're better. So maybe you you were more right than I was originally because I feel like they've been playing better. And I'm still keeping them at the same grade because I don't feel like I can put them at an A minus.
2: Yeah, I think I think they're now playing like the defensive line that we yes. thought they could be, and they weren't before. They it wasn't they, it's not it wasn't that they were playing that bad at the beginning of the season. Yeah. It's just that they well, weren't. Foskey's playing like Foskey and now. Foskey's playing like Fosky. I mean, it shows when you're top ten in the nation in Sagin and, and you're getting back there and causing pressure and, and blocking puns. I know that's under special teams, but. It's they've improved a lot, and uh, I mean four sacks, seven tackles for a loss against Clemson. Foskey and Cross are just in the backfield. What do you got? What do you got? Time. I'm going to give them a, a B plus. I'm going to move up to okay. where you're at and and give them that improvement grade. All
0: right, uh, linebackers through four games, you had them at a B plus. I had a B minus. I think this is the one where you're higher on the linebackers
2: than I am. What go? What what say you? People hate on the linebackers too much. I'm giving them an A minus. A minus. Wow. Look, look when you look. At the the defensive what position statistics. did you
0: play in high school besides uh, I played safety just so you know Wow really Yeah so
2: uh, I was Why not they a linebacker. Play you they put me I had a big uh, cast on my arm because I broke Oh my yeah hand, that's right I just swat all right, the anyway balls all right all right linebackers. but uh, linebackers look at look at the uh, defensive statistics. J.D. Bertrand, who I think gets way too much hate for how well and how smart he plays, 60 tackles, leads the team, 60 tackles. The Next is at 38, so he's got a big lead on that, and the next one is Jack Kaiser, also a linebacker with 38 tackles, and even in the top five, after that, you get number five, uh, Maris Leofau, at 34 tackles, I mean, The linebackers are the core of this defense. They're playing great. J.D. Bertrand is playing fantastic and deserves more credit, and is getting big tackles. I mean, he had big tackles against Clemson, chasing down in the backfield. So, they are doing great. I'm giving them an A minus.
0: All right, I have them at a B. Maybe I'm way too low, but um, uh, I don't know. I'm upgrading them, but I'm not. I'm not. I'm not over the top and going B plus A minus. I feel like A minus, you gotta have like Manti Teo back there. I like no, well, that's an A plus. Uh, but they're just I don't know, there's something missing. I think they're all they're doing a really good job. They're a comprehensive unit. They're they complement each other well. They just don't have the home run factor that wants to get they don't have their version of a Fosky. Bertrand is very solid and very good. I'm not That's fair. I think what I, I think what how he's been vilified is wrong and incorrect. So that's not what I'm trying to say. But he is not um he, he's not at quite that level that they need him to be. He's not a Jeremiah Owusu Kormoa. They don't yeah. have that type of linebacker that is going to put fear in the offense that I, I gotta I gotta watch that guy watching me. So I, I think that's the difference of why I don't quite go um, higher on them. All right, that's,
2: let, that's fair. If you, I mean, I thought you might go down for a second. No, if I have given him anything down. lower than a B. I, no, I, I, we would have had an issue. I,
0: I almost <laughs> changed it on the fly. I went to a B plus, but uh, I'll keep him at a B. All right, secondary. You had a B through four games. I had a B plus. Man, I'm putting him up to an A minus. I, I mean this. I mean Bracy was awesome in the beginning of the year. Uh, Benjamin Morrison's been ridiculous. I, I, I just I've been so impressed with the secondary, which. Just hasn't been a strength of this program in the last few years, and I think they've become a strength here. I'm going with a minus.
2: I I agree. I'm also going to go with an A minus, and I think it kind of goes back to what you just said. When the secondary puts some fear into the quarterback to pass, yeah. which I think any quarterback facing Notre Dame after seeing Morrison's performance is going to be a little bit afraid to throw that direction. Uh- it, and that it, might be some reg-
0: recency bias that we've got here because we're thinking about that the last couple of weeks. Well, he was,
2: played. yeah. Well, I guess, yeah. The la- but that's, I mean, that's what that we're grading counts. on the improvement. Yeah. and and he was he was great against Stanford or Stanford, not Stanford. Uh-huh. He was great against Syracuse as well. So uh, that's definitely some improvement and definitely uh, some fear. Factor. All right, here's
0: one for you: the special teams. Uh, they've been really good. Six block punts. You know. Uh, Brock's got a B plus through four games. I had a B minus uh, through nine games. Let's see.
2: I, I I'm going to give them an A because yeah. I, the you can't discount the fact that they've improved with those block punts. I think everything else has stayed pretty constant. Uh, there's a missed field goal last week, but it was just windy and a long one. It's they've played well and there's I, every aspect again, well.
0: Uh, the only thing I don't give them an A plus is goes back to game one. Very specific. The kickoff, the kickoff return unit was so bad that in my eyes, if that if that kickoff return unit did what they were doing the last couple weeks, just been fine, and we don't even talk about them. They actually may have won that game, in yeah. my opinion. So that's the only reason I don't go A plus, but because otherwise, Brian Mason, uh, give him whatever money he wants, because this guy is <laughs> I don't know what he's doing. But it, he's been amazing. He's he's drawn holes up in that punt block which that's takes sure. us to coaching, which you had a D plus. Yeah. I had a C minus through four games. Through
2: nine games, what say you? I'm gonna give him a C. Okay. I still think there there's potential issues in, in the coaching. I think as you said special teams coaching is great. Offense has improved, defense seems to have improved, but where we're really gonna see if it's actually better than a C or Back down to a D is how they handle this week because that's where the coaching really comes into play because you don't have to really coach the guys too much going into Clemson you got to get the the schemes in there, but you don't have to, to motivate them right and that's what this week's going to be about this week is about coaching, keeping them engaged, getting them in the right headspace so I'll get back to you next week on this yeah one. I had a C minus I'll put them at a C plus they've
0: improved obviously yeah but look. Uh, I'm sorry. Good luck getting any. They, they could go. They could win. They could win out and beat whomever in the holiday Gator Bowl. Yeah. And they're going to still be B minus maybe at best because yeah. you can't lose to Marshall and Stanford. And that's on the coaching. All right. Let's go overall, <laughs> which is really even more complicated than coaching. C plus for John through four games. I had a C minus. I'll put him up to a B minus right now. Uh, overall, through nine games,
2: yeah, I I will put him at a B. Um, wow. Well, uh, you know, I I felt like it might be a a, a B minus as well, but I was looking through my grades, and when you when you really look at the team as as a whole, I think it's a B. But again, I'll get back to you next week. Are, if are you can looking handle. at that
0: kind of back to that question we had last segment of man? What's the how do I feel about the program moving yes. forward?
2: Okay. Yeah. Well, just how uh, the program as a whole, honestly, right. this season and looking, yeah, for, yeah, 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 but. I mean, still primarily this season, you look that at it with a the, fair way to evaluate it. the three losses, but the big wins, I think that puts you at a B. I mean, if you get maybe, as we said, maybe you get that Stanford game, maybe it's a, a B plus, A minus even. And but, but we're grading that on a curve because
0: it's a first-year coach then, right? Because yes. Because if this is uh, a Brian Kelly oh, coach team, well, that's a yeah, yeah, that's a
2: completely different situation. Yeah. Well, if then you we're have, talking about people saying they should if, fire him. Exactly. If you have Brian Kelly, who had been succeeding every year, and he's dropping those games, yes, yeah. of course.
0: All right. Those are our grades. Complain all you want. <laughs> Time for a break. When we return, it's our game day sprint to kickoff. We break down the matchup with Navy and the triple option. That's next on Notre Dame Federal Credit Union's Irish Sports Saturdays.
1: Support for programming on Redeemer Radio is provided by the De Nicola Center for Ethics and Culture at the University of Notre Dame. The De Nicola Center is committed to sharing
0: the richness of the Catholic moral and intellectual tradition, both on campus and in the wider public square. Learn more about the De Nicola Center and see our schedule of upcoming conferences, lectures, and events at
2: ethicscenter.nd.edu.
0: Support for Irish Sports Saturdays comes from Tony Letcher of Health Markets. Tony is a parishioner at Quinnipiac Catholic Church in Mishawaka and a licensed insurance agent. His services include Medicare, family, or individual health insurance or life insurance. His number is 855-776-2438. His website is tletcher.com. Angelo, DiCarlo, John Brock, back with you here on Notre Dame Federal Credit Union's Irish Sports Saturdays. Our game day sprint to kick off as number 20 Notre Dame 6-3 and three on the season at Navy, just 3-6. and six. This is the 95th all-time meeting. Notre Dame leads 80-13 to 13 to 1. Notre Dame has won four straight in the season... See, series, excuse me. Uh, fighting off this cold. I thought I was going to make it the whole way, but here we go. Uh, Navy, last win was in 2016, but also, of course, uh, many will remember those wins they had over Notre Dame in 2007, 2009, and 2010. Navy, uh, you know, they... Obviously, are not very good this year. They're three and six, but a lot of their games are 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 close. And the most recent one, I know they're not ranked anymore, but Cincinnati twenty to ten. That gives you pause immediately when you see that they played them that close, and makes you go mm, when you're thinking about this letdown factor again.
2: Yeah, and and Cincinnati, yeah, they're not ranked anymore, but they're still a good team. And yeah. And that's when you look at Navy and you're like, oh, everyone should be blown out of the. No, they they much <laughs> they hang around and they make themselves known in the game and kind of set themselves up to have the potential to win a game, and they just don't do it much most of the time. And that's really what should concern a Notre Dame team who's let Stanford and Marshall back in.
0: Right. You just you, you don't want this team sticking around in exactly. anymore. Now we we talked about this letdown and the potential possibility for it. And we asked DJ Brown about that this week, and he said, look, I actually think facing the triple option prevents th- that from being an issue on the defensive side of the ball. Let's listen to it. It's from a defensive standpoint, you know, kind of makes us lock in more um, because, you know, anything can pop. Like, it's not necessarily about players with the triple options, about scheme. Um, so, you know, I think that, alone just like helps us lock in on you know what we have to do and we can't you know take navy lightly honestly yeah they can't take anyone lightly because we've seen what has happened when when they have uh even though they'll say they didn't take teams lightly they obviously did uh because there's uh that's the only way you lose especially the stanford game you know marshall you know maybe you just have all things out of whack but especially stanford um do you buy that? Does the triple option help them focus on the defensive side of the ball?
2: Well, if it doesn't, then they're in for a real problem because yeah. you have to be focused against the triple option. It's yeah, You have to not fall for any of the fakes. you got to keep your keys. And if they, they do lock in and they do follow that, I, I think they'll win. But I don't know if I buy it because there have been a – I mean, of course, not against Clemson, but there have been a couple times this even the last few games where – you know, there's a read option and they don't do it right. And that's where you get a big run from a running back from even UNLV. So it's really, it could be a problem if they aren't going to the right places. But again, I hope that the linebackers I just gave a good grade can figure out where they need to be.
0: Well, I'll be interesting to see how they decide to to defend the option today because you, Marcus Freeman obviously had great success last year. They've had great success of, against the option for the last few years. And, but Al Golden, now the defense coordinator, and he's faced the option a lot over the years when he was the head coach at Temple and at Miami versus either Navy, Army, or Georgia Tech. So he's got a lot of experience. That can be good, or there could be, I don't know, you, you might be trying to mesh ideas, and maybe they don't work because you're meshing.
2: Yeah, that, that could be a problem. I mean, if you have, what, Freeman did and wants to do against them, and he obviously will have the final say, but sure. Golden, who I'm sure has fantastic ideas, but when you're facing a triple option team, there's no second for the players on the field to reconsider anything, and there's no second for the coaches to reconsider any scheme, so they have to be rock solid because the second there's an opening, and that's the point of a triple option, the second there's an opening, they take advantage.
0: Well, they got some uh, really good triple option guys on the scout team that's true for those obviously we got listeners in Fort Wayne and in Iowa as well here but uh for for the Michiana residents you remember the names of New Prairie alum Chase Ketterer Mishawaka alum Justin Fisher well Ketterer is the stout, scout team quarterback Fisher's the scout team running back those guys both came to Notre Dame specifically to run the option for this week they've done it in camp and then they, they've they done it at different times of the bye week, and they, they've they prepared for this. W- one thing I've liked is Marcus Freeman has kept Mar- uh, Brian Kelly's philosophy of using and practicing for a little bit of the option throughout the year and making sure that it's not something that just all of a sudden pops up at this point in the year.
2: Yeah, I, I mean, it's it's like something you have to, to study in a class or you're learning at work. Like You have to to know it. You can't just pop it up and learn how to defend the option in a week. It's a completely different offense, and you have to know exactly what you're doing all the time. And so having done it throughout the season a little bit helps because you have that, that backbone to build off of, but also guys like Chase Ketterer and, and Justin Fisher, I mean, those are the exact kind of athletes that Navy recruits, and so you're basically facing uh, almost as good of a, an offense on that scout team uh, as you would against Navy. All right, uh,
0: the, the Navy offensive numbers don't pop out of you. There's a reason they're three and six. Daba Fafana is the fullback, 140 carries, only 502 yards. That's 3.6 yards per carry. Mikel Haywood, 63 carries, 417 yards. So not as many carries, but his yardage is up there, 6.4 yards per carry. The quarterback, Ty Lavatea, 115 carries, 309 yards. You know, a quarterback with only 2.7 yards per carry. He's 42 of 91 passing, 46%, 785 yards. So they are throwing for 98 yards per game, five touchdowns, three interceptions. But that could be because they're behind in games and they're forced to throw the ball.
2: Yeah, well, and what I'll say is they don't have anyone that stands out. But in a triple option offense, anyone can beat you at any moment. That's the threat of it. So that's why it's spread out a little bit more and that's why no one pops out. But yes, they also are just struggling a little bit. What I will say when you, you get to the, the passing, is they have five guys on the team who have thrown a pass in a game this year. Oh, that's a stat. That that means, yes, maybe they're getting behind and they're having a resort, but they're not going to be afraid to throw a trick play at you with a wide receiver throwing the ball, getting the backup quarterback in it, running back, which you might not notice in a triple option because they're moving so quick, just having guys right by the line of scrimmage. So they could be throwing th- – surprises at Notre Dame, which is goes back to what D.J. Brown said. The defense has to be locked in because you have to be ready for that.
0: All right, I don't think we're going to have time to hear from Tommy Reese about Navy's rush defense, but it is top 10 in, in the country. Their pass defense is horrible. So what do you do, John? <laughs> well, Navy's going to limit the possessions. You might only get 10 possessions in this game. Yes. And uh, you got a horrible pass offense against a horrible pass defense and a great rush offense against a great rush defense.
2: What do you do? Uh, you did do what you did last week. I mean, it was a great rush defense. It was top 10 yeah. rush defense last week. You can't tell me that Navy's so, rush defense is better than Clemson's. They, they, they maybe somehow. I mean, Navy like has athletes. Things. They could be at, on par. I mean, they're top 10 rush defense, but you got the offensive line moving. You got Estime and Diggs and Tyree moving. Just keep on going on, and if it doesn't work, try and work in the pass
0: I heard somebody this week say this is the week to start getting the passing going and I go absolutely not that's how you lose
2: this is the week to get the passing going after you get three rushing touchdowns
0: yeah yeah right 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 you 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 What does Herman board say well you don't want to quote him for anything nowadays for Arizona State but for the Jets you play to win the game win the game don't try to get fancy because I feel like that's what they were trying to do against Stanford I agree they were they were trying out different stuff because they thought they were going to win. No. Run the ball down their throat, and if it doesn't work, fine. Check out the passing. Once you beat it down, you get three touchdowns like you said, then maybe you could try other stuff. But run it down their throat. And I'm not saying you never pass, but you do you, – you be selective like yeah. you were last week. But yeah. you got got to the run in this game. I, I think if they're coming out passing like crazy, they're asking for trouble because – how does Navy win this game? Navy goes plus one in turnovers and controls the tempo of the game, and you get the wrong interception at the wrong time, and all of a sudden it flips the field, and it's it's all of a sudden a one-possession game at the end of the game, and they're driving, and they eat up the clock.
2: I, I agree. They eat up the clock. Notre Dame's wins all when they're on the plus side – of time of possession. They they had the ball for 38 minutes against UNC, 40 minutes against BYU, and they had it for 33 last week. They need that time of possession. If Navy limits that, gets a big play with a throwback, it could be big. All right, 5 seconds. How much uh what's your prediction? I'm saying it Navy's going to have some surprises. They're going to get 14 points, but Notre Dame's going to win with 34. I will say
0: 24-6 Notre Dame, which they'll probably score 40. That will do it for Notre Dame Federal Credit Union's Irish Sports Saturdays, Notre Dame FCU, where you bank does matter. Thanks to our audio operator today, Ilya Glassman, back in the house. For John Brock, I'm Angel DiCarlo. Notre Dame and Navy, noon Eastern, 11 a.m. Central kickoff. You can watch nationally on ABC. We'll be back with you here next Saturday morning at 9 a.m. Eastern. We close in prayer.
1: Hi, this is Father Nate Wills. I'm a Holy Cross priest, a faculty member at Notre Dame's Alliance for Catholic Education, and one of the chaplains to the Notre Dame football team. This is a prayer that the players pray together at the end of our pregame Mass. Let us pray. Grant we beseech you, O Lord our God, that we may enjoy continual health of mind and body, and by the glorious intercession of Mary, our Lady, May we accept the joys and trials of this life and someday enter into eternal happiness. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Go Irish! This has been a presentation of Spoke Street Media and Redeemer Radio Sports. Thanks for joining us for Notre Dame Federal Credit Union's Irish Sports Saturdays. You already share their values. Why not share in their benefits? Notre Dame Federal Credit Union. Enjoy today's game. This is Dr. Tom McGovern inviting you to join me and my co-hosts, Dr. Andrew Mullally and Dr. Chris Stroud for Dr. Doctor, airing Fridays at noon right here on Redeemer Radio. Together, we bring a Catholic perspective to medical issues with a focus on the dignity of the human person, body and soul. Don't miss a dose of Dr. Doctor Fridays at noon or listen anytime at Spokestreet.com slash doctor.
0: It's still just November, but the big games continue Friday night as Marion plays host to St. Joseph in our Hoosier Spring Girls Basketball Spotlight Game. Join Bob Berger, our high school student interns, and me, Angel DiCarlo, for the Holy War Girls Basketball Edition. Watch on Facebook.com slash 957Sports or listen on Redeemer Radio. It's St. Joe at Marion in the Hoosier Spring Girls Basketball Spotlight Game, the Holy War on the Hardwood, Friday around 7.30 p.m. on 957Sports.